Welcome to Real Time, the podcast for and about realtors. I'm your host, Aaron Davis, and I'm proud to bring you a trio of experts today who share with you their wisdom and hard-earned perspective. So settle in, because there's a lot to enjoy in episode 41 of Real Time. So you're starting to build your name as a realtor, but how do you keep up the momentum or add an extra boost to the foundation you've already built? While it won't happen overnight, with the right advice and dedication, you can open new doors and grow your practice into one that measures up to the goals you're striving to achieve. Continuing our Working Realtor series, this episode shares tips, strategies, and lessons learned to help you continue building your real estate career at any phase. Hear from three realtors from across the country. Here we go. Well, what a stellar lineup we have here today, and it's just an honor to speak with each of you. So let's start with a quick round of introductions, who you are, where you're from, and what you or your clients and colleagues would say sets you apart in the business. And we're going to start with Nene from Oakville. Thank you for having me today. Um, My name is Nene Judia Kinton, and my family and I are immigrants from Nigeria. Now, I wear many hats in my life. Um, I'm a wife, mother, mentor, speaker, author, realtor, and more importantly, I recognize myself as God's unique creation. As the owner of Oakville Living with Nene, um, a real estate business in Oakville, Ontario, I also co-manage a nonprofit foundation. I am, I can, I will, alongside my adult children, Timmy Tife and my niece, Olympia. Empowering minority women and youth is a cause I'm deeply passionate about, and this commitment is reflected in my previous role as a vice chair of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce and as a current board member of the Black Realtors Association of Canada. Once again, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. It's an honor to have you here, Nene. And Ruth Alexander, tell us about yourself, please. Hi there, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, Nene is a tough act to follow. Uh, I definitely am so proud to be here as a realtor representing Calgary, Alberta, and surrounding areas. I live in Strathmore, Alberta, a small town outside of Calgary, and I put about 98,000 kilometers on my car last year. Uh, I have a team that encompasses four other amazing talented, passionate real estate agents. Young me, Kirsten, Diana, and Olivia join me on this uh, incredible platform of real estate and offering amazing guidance and raising the bar, really, um, of what being a real estate agent means. And I'm so proud to be their leader and mentor. And of course, I, I do all of it for my family, my kids, and I'm just totally pleased to be here today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Ruth. It is an honor to have you here today as well. And Steve, Steve, tell us about yourself. Um, Yeah, born and raised in Vancouver. Um, Just run a pretty lean, mean team here. Um, Very active on social media, Uh, run a newsletter to all sorts of real estate professionals, policymakers, etc. I also run a podcast called The Looney Hour, which is a national um, podcast um, that focuses on macroeconomics, finance, and of course, real estate. So uh, I really spent a lot of my time on that, try to expand the the conversation and and the educational piece and, and certainly helps drive uh, a lot of my business as well. I have to ask you, Looney Hour, you spell Looney with an E or without if people are looking for it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's Looney like the Canadian dollar. It's okay, kind of a play on words. <laughs> yes, it is. And I love that. I just love it. Well, for any of our listeners who are early in their career, tell us some common mistakes that anybody can make at this stage or mistakes that you've made yourself. And Ruth, we're going to start with you. Are there any mistakes that you made that you might avoid if you could turn back the clock? I think that's a two-tiered question. And the first thing I would say is to avoid being attracted as a new realtor to a brokerage, um, because really your business is going to be based on you and your guiding principles, who you are. You you really have to align yourself with a real estate brokerage that um, shares or, or mirrors your branding and your goals. 
Uh, I made the mistake early on of joining a brokerage that really didn't offer any of that mentorship or coaching or negotiating skills that were really, really important. And it did waste uh, three or four months of my time and I had to start all over again. Uh, so I definitely think choosing the right brokerage is important and the right broker who has your back and gives you that incredible training that is going to be so important because as a new realtor, your course does not teach you any of the day-to-day skills and talents that you're going to need. So be sure to surround yourself by really experienced coaching and advisors, which starts with your brokerage. That's excellent advice. Steve, does any of this resonate with you? And what is your take? Mistakes you made, things you'd like to do over, any of that? Um, Yeah, I think it's just like surrounding yourself with people that you can learn from that are, you know, willing to be helpful. I think I went to a couple brokerages early on and, you know, maybe didn't have the best sort of support or mentorship, Uh, you know, people trying to sort of withhold information. And I feel like that's kind of like the old school mentality. Uh, So I always tell a lot of new agents just... You know, even if it's your first year, just try to get on a team, learn from someone that's successful. And uh, I think it will kind of speed up your growth. Okay. And Nene, how about you? Yeah, I think this is a great question. And in addition to what Ruth and Steve have said, one thing I will say is do not be a secret agent. And what do I mean? I mean, let everybody in your sphere of influence know that you are a realtor. Um, the nail technician, the grocery store clerk, your dry cleaner, the doctor's office, family, friends, parents in your kids' school, let them know you're a realtor. Now, don't be annoying with this. Just do it in a, <laughs> do it in a classy way, but do not keep your realtor skills under wrap. Let everybody know how much of a great realtor that you are. Another thing I would say to new realtors is join a committee. Um, so we belong to different boards and each board has different committees that you can volunteer on. And I did that when I started and I met an amazing lady realtor who actually became my mentor. And my first, my very first deal came through that lady. So join a committee, put your name out there, get to know the older realtors in the business. If I may follow up on that, Nene, that's such great advice. Yes. Speaking to not being annoying, I think it's really important as a realtor to be very proud of your position. You are a really important piece of what people need when they are trading in their biggest investment in their life. So be really loud and proud and have no shame in being a realtor. Yes, I agree. Steve, would you like a chance to add anything to this at all? Yeah, just on the educational side of things. Yeah, you know, I think my biggest thing I think when I tell agents and stuff is just learn your markets, know your know your product inside and out. It's going to make you more confident. And then that confident will come through to the client on the other end. Up next, sharing what you know to help build your brand. When's the last time you visited Crea Cafe? It's your place to take a break and catch up on the latest trends and topics affecting you and your clients. Find it all at creacafe.ca. Now, let's get back to tips, strategies, and lessons learned in three successful lives as realtors with our guests, Ruth Alexander from Calgary, Oakville's Nene Akinton, and from Vancouver, Steve Storetsky on Real Time. In our first Working Realtor episode, we talked to realtors about building your name. Now, Steve, you run one of Vancouver's most popular real estate blogs. So how has being a go-to source for Market Insights helped you to grow your brand and your business? I think that it, it creates a level of trust that people that are already following your work, they feel like they know you. Um, and so when you go into to meet a client for the first time, like they already feel like they've been, they've known you for two years because they've been following your work for that long. And um, so it, it doesn't feel like you're having to hard sell or close anybody. Like the relationship is, feels like it's already there. Um, as weird as that may sound, you know, you have to think about like a lead source that comes through where it's like, if you just send a pamphlet in the mail um, saying, just sell with us, there's not really any like, relationship there they don't know anything about you they don't know who you are other than that you sold real estate whereas like when you write consistently uh or you're doing a video consistently on the internet 
people feel like they start to know your personality and, and how you think about the market and what you're seeing and your stories. And so I just think it creates um, a relationship ahead of actually meeting somebody. And an important part about writing a blog, uh, as I speak here from experience, and you will know this, Steve, too, is to not make it all about you, but to turn it outwards and make it about them and make it things like what's in it for the reader, what makes them want to come back and see, oh, okay, what Steve got to say today. Would that apply to you as well? I, I mean, I could tell you I've never had a call to action on any of my content. So it's never like, hey, by the way, call me if you need to buy or sell. It's just like, here's the information. It's not that hard if you want to track me down. It's very easy to do, but it comes off as non-salesy and you're just you're out there. Mm. You're putting the the reader first, which is I'm going to and it yeah, I'm going to try to educate and give all the the best insights that I have available and I'm going to document that in writing and and put it out there and I'm going to put it out there consistently. Um and and so I think people appreciate that as opposed to, you know, I think the the wrong way I look at it is you get a lot of realtors and people say, well, should I do social media? Well, like, do you actually, are you getting leads from that? Like, does it work? Like what's in it for me? And I think it's, it's the wrong way to look at it. It's like give first. And over time, like the more you give, like the more you'll receive back. So I think it's just like, look, you have to frame your mindset a little bit differently around content. Everybody's always looking for the instant gratification that, you know, if you put out two videos, you're going to get a a new listing out of it. And I think that's just the wrong way to look at it. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It takes time to build that kind of loyalty and connection with people. Um, Steve, what strategies help you balance the creation and promotion of so much content? I mean, you've mentioned a podcast as well. With your day-to-day responsibilities as a realtor, how do you do it? Uh, I think it's just prioritizing. I actually... I look at it and say, I'm like a media company first, and then I'm a realtor second. And I I genuinely believe that because I think like creating the media side of it actually ends up driving the entire real estate business. Um, So it's the content first. And so it's really just taking the time and prioritizing uh, the content and the media side. And because I think it just creates this platform that you have that you can then leverage into so many different other things as well. And so, you know, people are willing to spend an hour, an hour and a half, two hours a day cold calling or door knocking or, you know, prospecting at open houses, but they're not willing to spend, you know, an hour a day producing content. Um, I just find it interesting. There will be people who wonder, well, should I outsource this? Because there are people who do this for a living. How do you feel about outsourcing? And I'll ask you this, Ruth, as well in just a moment. And Nene. Steve? I think that you, for the most part, you can't outsource like your direct social media. Uh, I think that you can get help with it. I think that you can have people that edit videos for you that maybe you write the blog and have somebody else actually post the blog for you. But in terms of like, you know, being active on Twitter or on Instagram, respond like posting it and responding to comments, like that should be you. Like you should be responding to people, not some like assistant social media. It's a people first business. And so you have to be like actively involved. You can't be you can't outsource that. Ruth, you have said that you are all about building awareness. So let's talk about that and how you do it, how you fit it into your life as Steve has talked about here too. Well, I will mirror Steve in saying, you know, it's really difficult. I have tried to outsource, quote unquote, some social media to take off some of the burden because, you know, social media is is not an easy task. It's very time consuming. I have the risks and the social media elbow to prove it. Um, <laughs> it's it's like a sport. And, you, you know, you really definitely have to be all in. And it has definitely built my brand uh, from from the ground up. And it's about storytelling. Uh, I do have a call to action almost everything uh, I do uh, because I'm half hunter and half gatherer. <laughs> and I can't I can't help myself. It's just my personality. And again, I'm just being my true authentic self. And everyone knows that about me. I cannot go to an event without shamelessly promoting or handing out a card and overhearing conversations about homes. I'm I'm all over it. I do try not to be annoying, but back to social media. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, Nene. But um 
I do have a good sense of humor around it. I think that helps break the ice. But uh, back to social media, the content, I don't have a blog. And I commend you, Steve, because that is a tremendous amount of work. And I have to say, I started my career without much knowledge whatsoever, like most realtors of any stats, and the importance of the stats. I really started using my passion for marketing. I used that first to get my name out there. And I just rolled with it. And I have now, you know, it's my fifth year only in the business, but uh, I am addicted to the stats and the numbers. And, you know, it, it's also very important for anyone listening that's a new realtor or anyone, you know, anyone in the business understands that the public get one version of the stats. And we all know as realtors that, you know, if it's an, a seller's market by 197% in Calgary, for example, every single seller in the entire city and surrounding areas believe it's a seller's market. But we know very well all over Canada and in every province and every city, uh, there are microcosms of, of economics going on in various different neighborhoods. One next door to the other can be very different. One can be an extreme seller's market while the other's not the case. So I do find it fascinating and building uh, your reputation on a storytelling basis is a nice combination of, you know, getting people to know you, to like you, and then they trust you. And much like Steve mentioned, when I show up to a listing agreement, to complete strangers, I am not a stranger to them. They feel like they know me and they've asked me to come to their home because they like what I'm putting out there. And, you know, our combination of tips, showing the passion we have for our work and educating clients is really what we do on that platform. I'm so glad you mentioned education because I know that, Nene, you are a huge fan of educating yourself and of training. Let's talk about how you stay on top of it all, working, not just putting out, but also taking in. It's so important. Yes. Um, Ruth, it's very interesting when Ruth, just to digress a bit, when she said two property on the same street mm-hmm. um, are not the same, that economics attached to each one. And so clients come and they say, oh, we saw that this sold for a gazillion dollars. Why are we not listing mine? At so I'm like, okay, we need to drill it down. So it's very important. Mm-hmm. Educating um, ourselves as realtors is critical to success in the industry. Mm-hmm. Knowing your statistics, knowing what is happening in different communities, not only your community, um, but different communities so that you're able to knowledgeably, because it's very important to give the right information. I hear some interesting things sometimes and I, I think I'm like, oh, where did that come from? But anyway, being able to give clients timely information, helpful and relevant information is very key. And I do a lot of training, self-development. I'm listening to two or three podcasts or um, training from my brokerage every week. And my t- there's one thing I also do, which is time blocking. So I keep that time for myself every day to learn something new happening in the market. So knowing your start training is very important. If you're a new realtor listening to this, just be mindful of the fact that you need to train and develop every single day. And not just new realtors, even tenured realtors. You need to keep on top of the market. When we return, where to go when you need to know. Our guests share their sources. Crea Learning Hub is a source, too. If you like learning about all things Canadian real estate on real time, visit the Crea Learning Hub. It's newly refreshed to be more interactive, user-friendly, and even easier to navigate. Now, back to real time with our realtor guests, Nene Akinton from Oakville, Ontario, Ruth Alexander of Calgary, and Steve Soretsky of Vancouver. We all know that CREA is a fantastic resource for stats and insights, a national authority, but it never hurts to get insight on other sources for information. Steve, where else do you source your information? And we're not just talking, you know, straight numbers that are constantly changing. How do you mine that information? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely like a, I almost call myself like a professional curator, which is like, there's so much information out there and, you know, so many different news sources. And I like, I like to almost go and round it all up and then summarize it in, in, you know, notes basically for, for people, right. Whether it's an 
and so you know twitter i found is a great place um you can follow you know some of the best mortgage brokers there best realtors best housing developers politicians economists etc so you can you can really curate your own feed to have incredible information from all these individuals and then be able to source it for yourself. So that's, that's probably one of my main go-tos. And then, you know, on the data front uh, in Vancouver, like I've gone and actually spent money and built out a platform where we're able to actually take the aggregate data from our MLS system and run it through, uh, you know, some platforms where we can basically create charts and tables and graphs to figure out, you know, how, how the housing market's performing. Ruth, is there anything you'd like to add on this before we move on about how you curate, where you get information from? Much like Steve, uh, we have a variety of tools. Uh, I invest in a lot of tools, not all realtors invest in, uh, that gives me uh, the charts. You know, people are very visual. So it's important to read Krebs' monthly market report, but it's great to dial it down into visual charts so that our clients can easily understand and see the trends. So, you know, for example, we have three neighborhoods in Calgary that are just right up against one another. When you print out an actual graph and chart, much like Steve is mentioning, it's really easy to see how very different they all are, even though they're neighboring communities. So I think it's important to always invest in in tools that are visual so that you can break it down because often even though you know a lot of our clients are MBAs and uh, engineers and uh, PhDs mm. th- they really need to see it it's important as a realtor to invest in those tools so that your clients understand all of this jargon that we are very comfortable with it is very important to actually actually Ruth and Steve said this is very important to um, capture the data in a way that people can understand it. So to her point, I have a lot of physician clients who, they are investors. But when I capture, when I drill it down to the numbers and the graphs, it makes a whole lot of sense to them as to why they should invest in this versus this. So those are some of the important things that realtors bring to the table that sometimes people don't really understand. Just investing your time in getting that training, getting the tools, mining the data, like Steve said, to be able to present it to your um, client in a holistic way, but also very, it's kind of instant. They see this and it makes sense to them immediately. And that's so important at a time when we have so little time. But I'm going to do something really quick here, kind of a lightning round. We've seen massive changes in Twitter over the last little bit. Of course, Elon is now calling it X, whatever you call it. And I've heard, Steve, you refer to it as Twitter, and I still do too. Are you staying with that platform? Are you diversifying to Mastodon or Post or any of the other upstarts? I'm loving Threads, for example. Any of the other upstarts that are trying to take a run at Elon's discontented customers? Start with you, Steve. Um, I mean, I'm personally not. I think that Twitter is kind of like the water cooler for like, especially like investing, investors, uh, finance is a huge community there. Um, and then obviously, I've, you know, spent so much time. I've had that, been on that platform for like a decade now. Uh, I think we're getting close to 50,000 followers. That's hard to replicate and take to a different platform. Yeah. Uh, but no, with that being said, I could definitely invest my time. You know, I've got a YouTube channel, uh, we're on the podcast there, and I write a sub stack, which is where I do my newsletter. So like, I definitely feel like I'm spread out across different platforms. But the reality is, it's like, yeah, I don't have a big enough team here where I can be on every single platform. But yeah, we're certainly doing our best. Ruth, how about you? Uh, exactly, Steve. I think it's really hard to be really good at everything um, unless you have a massive uh, staff, I guess. And the problem with the massive staff doing your social media is you lose that authenticity. I think, you know, that that is our trademark. So Twitter, I've never been a huge fan of uh, because, you know, I, ha- I have a channel. I never use it. Uh, I've built mainly, surprisingly, on LinkedIn that is my my best channel. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I've, I've worked really hard on that. Instagram is more of an entertainment vessel, in my opinion. I use it to entertain and to, to go back to that know you, like you, trust you. We use it more as, as an attractant versus, you know, anything too, too serious. And then Facebook, we just repost. 
if I have any advice for realtors who want to get involved in social media, pick one or two and become really good at it without becoming a dinosaur. Of course, you have to be really conscious of new things coming up. TikTok, Snapchat, uh, Twitter or threads, whatever it is, take the time to be really good and, and get, you know, really in tune with one before you start the other, because it's often overwhelming for realtors to think, oh, my God, I have to post three times a day. What am I going to post? And believe me, you know, it's taken me uh, years to become just a natural at it. So if you're just starting out and social media, you want to grow a following. Remember, it's social. It's not just about posting. It's about commenting on other people's posts sending them messages, giving them kudos. It's a give and take. It's called social networking. And a lot of people forget that and they get really, really bogged down into what they're posting every day. And they forget that they're supposed to be interacting. So having said that, it's a very time consuming art. And so be cautious to try to be everything to everyone and use every channel. Pick one or two that resonates with you and that you're enjoying posting on and go from there. Wow, that's some great advice. We're hearing words and terms here that 10 years ago, people would have gone, uh, what What did she just say? I mean, we're talking TikTok and Insta and Mastodon and Post. Okay, Nene, what's your go-to? My go-to is actually Instagram because I'm a very, I'm a goofy person. And just like Ruth said, you know, Instagram is entertainment. So everything for me is content. So Instagram is my go-to. Um, my following is not as much as roots. However, what I find out is I have people who come up to me in the streets who don't follow me, but they see my Instagram posts and then we start to talk real estate and they've become my clients. So like Steve, I am not, um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still on my Instagram, but I've learned something from you, Steve, Twitter investors. Mm -hmm. I love that. And also from Ruth, I just learned LinkedIn. So I love this. I love doing this because I'm also learning as I'm going along. So thank you for sharing. Coming up, we've all heard the lyric that life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And for one of our guests, that's exactly how she fell in love with being a realtor. Now, whether you're just starting out or are a seasoned veteran, there's always information to add to your professional toolbox at Crea Cafe. From legal matters to navigating technology, it's all there simply by clicking on creacafe.ca. We return now to episode 41 of Real Time as we enjoy the wisdom and perspective of three experienced realtors with vastly different backgrounds, starting with Ruth Alexander from Calgary. Well, Ruth, as we touch on social media and drill down, as you all say, uh, you've worked as a social media strategist for a number of years and built a big following for your own business. You've already given us some really good tips and stuff, but I think it's interesting to note that you actually started on social media a long time ago and even before you became a realtor. Was that your sort of ace up your sleeve? I do think it, it, it was an ace up my sleeve. And I'll tell you, um, becoming a realtor just ha happened almost by mistake. I guess all the best things that happen to you in your life uh, sometimes stem out of hard times in your life. And so uh, if, you, if you go back 10 years ago, I had uh, a cottage and a property in Mexico that had to be rented out in order for me to, to make any type of income. So of course, that's when VRBO, I don't even think Airbnb was was out then it was VRBO. So I had to rent those properties out in order to put groceries in the fridge for my kids. And so I, I had lots of great photos, I just happened to know how to take a picture. <laughs> and uh, I had lots of great photos of these properties. And I quickly pivoted to putting them on VRBO, writing about them. And then of course, I just had Instagram and Facebook when they first came out. And so I learned how to copy a link and post pictures. And I learned that pictures worked better than videos back at that time, I started to learn about algorithms. And I really um, was very successful at getting renters 
And that uh, translated into how do I use this skill to make more money? I approached some realtors that I knew, home builders, uh, various different companies, because it was so fresh. But I really did know how to quickly copy and paste photos, write a description, copy a link, put it in the post, all of uh, what hashtags were Mm -hmm. uh, in a very basic way when no one else was doing it. So I, I basically did it to survive. And so the light went off in my head to use my marketing knowledge and this online knowledge and get my license. And that's how I, I put them all together and, and it worked. There's a lot of power in having nothing to lose, isn't there? Mm-hmm, definitely. And as we learned earlier, Nene knew you and felt like she knew you already before we all sat down for this chat here today. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Well, Nene, you're in Oakville, Ontario. I have no idea how you learned about me, but it is through my use of hashtags, I can bet. It's through hashtags and boosting my followers. It is called a bandwagon effect, and it really has worked. And a lot of people that I run into all over the province and the country when I'm visiting different cities, one of uh, the members on my team called me one day and said, oh, my gosh, I was at the farmer's market and someone came up to me and said, oh, I, I know you. You're with Rare Group. Uh, I follow all of you on social media, just a complete stranger. So it does work, but it only works if you're consistent and committed and creative. The three C's, you have to keep on doing it. Like Steve said, you have to spend the hours it takes to find your groove and nothing comes easy. And that's so true of social media, isn't it, Steve and Nene? Yes. Yeah, it is. I think everything works, right? It's like door knocking works, like cold calling works, open houses work, but it's like you just, you have to do them a lot and do them very, very consistently Mm -hmm to actually see the results. And so I think that's the same thing for social media. You know, you can't post like two pictures on Instagram and think you're going to get like three sales out of it. It's, uh, it's, you know, I did a YouTube channel. Uh, it's, We're laughing because it's true. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, I did a YouTube channel where we, we, I did a video every Saturday just covering like the Vancouver housing market and Canadian real estate. I don't think I got my first lead or deal out of it for about, 12 months, maybe 18 months. Right. And, and then as you got into like year two and a half, year three, it just started compounding and compounding and compounding. Well, isn't that the way with any business? And you are a business owner, you are an entrepreneur in this business. So you cannot expect a quick fix. It's, you know, new realtors, often I see this mistake a lot, they become a realtor and they do the big, I'm a realtor post. And, and I think they're they're kind of disappointed when they don't get business from that post, uh, you know, and they don't understand that repeating it is not a sin. You have to repeat, repeat, repeat because of the way algorithms work on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, I think people think that 700 people see their posts, but truthfully, just a small percentage ever see your posts. So having that no fear attitude of, of continuity and doing it over and over and over and not having any any shame associated with it. Oh, I shouldn't post that I'm a realtor. Everybody knows I'm a realtor. That's not true. They may not have seen that post. You're looking at your page every day, every minute of every day. But remember, when you're browsing, you're browsing and you see thousands of posts. So there's no shame in, in continuing to post the same thing, maybe just do a different image or select a different frame in that video that you posted last week. Select a different frame. It shows up differently on everyone's feed. That is so important. So many of us have trouble with Mm self-promotion. I mean, not everybody and certainly not among realtors, but those of us who produce content have difficulty because it looks like, oh, I'm doing this again. I'm putting out this message again. But you're so right. It's different eyes, different attitudes, different times. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to go back to something that you said, Ruth, that Steve said, and that I'm sure Nene was nodding in agreement, the, the three C's of consistent, creative, committed. And I'd like to add something that Nene truly believes into, which is 
connected and being the same person on and off social media. Would you like to expand on that a little bit, please, Nene? Yes, that is very important because when people meet you, um, they feel like they know you, like Steve and um, Ruth said, they feel like they know you. If you show up differently, they're going to be like, huh? Because I know we've heard stories about some celebrities who, when people meet them, they're like, oh my God, that's not the person I thought it was. Mm -hmm. So for me, I am very goofy. I'm goofy on social media. I'm goofy at home. I'm goofy when I meet people on the street. So it's very important to be consistent in your posts. You have to be consistent in who you are, authentic rather, in who you are. So be yourself. Don't be somebody else on social media pretending that you love real estate or this and that and the other. <laughs> and then when, when they, yeah, and then when they meet you, you know what I'm saying, Ruth? When people meet you, you are totally yes. different. So it's important to be consistent in every aspect of it. So that way you're as relatable when they meet you in person as they see you online. Steve, anything you want to add? Yeah, I think just, you know, have fun with it. Um, give more than you take. I think like you're, you should always have your end audience in mind. So, you know, you're not bombarding them with like your sales pitch, but, you know, you're, you're out there, you're providing good educational content or entertaining content. And then, yeah, if you want to throw in the odd, you know, post where it says, hey, you guys, just reminding you, this is what I do, of course. But it's, it's always finding that that healthy balance, right? Because, you know, you're not going to grow a, a large following by just self-promoting yourself. So I think it's like I said, you just have to, you know, I always say this, so it's like, think about all of the accounts that you follow on social media. So let's say you're on Instagram, think about the accounts that you follow on Instagram. Like, why are you following those accounts? And usually it's because they entertain you or they educate you. And so I think like your social media should in general be doing one of those two things. We're glad you're following our podcast and we have 40 more insightful episodes just waiting for you to dig in and be inspired. There's a new one every month and we're grateful to have you joining us here in our real-time podcast community. As we wrap up today, using your passions outside of your life as a realtor to fuel your business. Back to Steve Soretsky of Vancouver, Ruth Alexander of Calgary, and Nenea Kinton of Oakville. Nene, you're very active in your community, whether it's volunteering, as you mentioned off the top, or mentoring new realtors, and you've even founded a nonprofit with your kids. I am, I can, I will. We love that. How has building other people up helped you build your own career, which of course we know was not the motivation behind it, but look how it's worked. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm very active in the community and I learned that um, growing up. My father was a physician and my mother is an educationist. And I saw them volunteering in the community, whether I was going to an orphanage or receiving people, um, just like having a potluck for people who couldn't afford to have a meal. Mm. And I saw the joy it brought my parents. Now, we were 12. My father had 12 children. And I just believe that my personality and my character um, is as a result of what I experienced as, as a child. And so it comes very naturally to me. I was saying earlier how during COVID, you know, when businesses were closing down, shutting down, I would go from one business to the other, recording um, videos with them, you know, just making appeals to the community to support the businesses. And I didn't do it because I was expecting to get something out of it. But the interesting thing is those same business owners promoted my businesses for free. I'll share a very quick story. Just when COVID hit, I was now like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about, I mean, nobody's buying houses or so we thought anyway, like Ruth said earlier. So we thought, we thought the business was, the real estate was gone. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember that I had approached a marketing company to market my brand. And when they gave me the numbers, it was ridiculously expensive. So during COVID something, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. So during COVID, I would say the Holy Spirit prompted me to go back and approach this company. And I did. And I got 
a 70% reduction in the cost of the marketing on the buses in Oakville and, you know, the, the, the community that I'm in. Because a lot of realtors and businesses were dropping off. They were not, you know, nobody was putting anything on buses because who's going to see them anyway? But I took that leap of faith, believing that something good would come out of it. And this same marketing company, which happens to be a Canadian company, now promoted me for free shortly after that, because somehow, I don't know, somewhere along the line, I had talked about how much I benefited from them and what um, how much discount they gave me. So those kind of community things that you do without expecting anything in return seems to, it's like a, Steve had said it earlier, you put out good and you get good in return, even though you're not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the act of doing that, the, the act of helping um, people in the community build the act of helping realtors, mentoring them and doing things like that actually has made my business expand exponentially. And it's sometimes I marvel. I'm like, wow. And you mentioned the joy that you witnessed as a child in Nigeria. Is it that same kind of joy when you mentor someone and see the beginnings of success, Nene? Yes, it is that kind of joy. It's a joy that I wish I could bottle and sell. When I mentor a realtor or mentor somebody who is trying to get their license, their real estate license, I wait for that call. The call that says, oh my God, I got my first deal. Or, oh my God, I just got my license. And you hear the Mm. joy in their voice of having achieved something. So it's that same kind of joy. And that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, for me. Absolutely. How can you, and we'll start with you, Steve, how can you be intentional about where you volunteer your time because there aren't enough hours in the day? I mean, I think on the volunteering side, we, you know, on the community side, I would argue that your community now is online. And so I think, you know, I look at it a lot of times that I'm volunteering my time online. I'm responding to people's questions, you know, people that are sending me, you know, a, a, a DM in my inbox there. I'm, I'm taking the time to respond to their question. Uh, you know, sometimes someone's like, hey, I've got a mortgage or a question or a, I don't necessarily work in your market, so it's not going to lead to a business opportunity, but I've got this investment property in, in this part of Canada. Can I pick your brain on what you would do? And so, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm happy to jump on a 10-minute phone call. So I think it's always just like, I look at it and say online, you're building a brand, you're building a community, and you're servicing that community. Um, so it's it's kind of a different mindset of what we're used to, which is when we think about community, you think about just, you know, your local vicinity. That is so true. That is so true, what Steve just said. Um, and I say it's so true because we do get a lot of those um, calls or text messages or inbox messages asking us questions. And I always say my mantra is information is free. So I'm going to give you the information I have. I'm going to educate you, not because I'm expecting you to use me as a realtor, but because that would help you make the right decision when you choose to buy or sell that property. And whether you use me or not, and I always say to people, it's not whether you use me or not. I just want, because I'm big on building generational wealth, I work a lot in the Black community. I'm big on empowering people in the Black community to own homes. So I always say to them, it doesn't matter whether you use me or not, but this is the path you should take. So to Steve's point, community is not just physical community, it's also online community. A light went on for me there. What Steve said about yes, but. There was an implied but there. Yes, I'll answer your questions, but I'm giving you 10 minutes. And I really like that because you're setting limits, you're setting parameters. And it's something that, Ruth, you said you had to learn as well after being yes, 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 yes. Tell us about that sort of shift that you had to make and you have made successfully. I think the hustle is real when you're starting a new business. And in my case, I was starting from nothing, uh, building a business and being a sole provider for my children. It was the total inspiration. But with that came saying yes to everything and being everything to everyone. So, uh, you know, I I think that the shift happened for me when I stepped out of that survival brain that, you know, just always trying to survive and moving into more of a thrive 
mindset. And that took a lot of coaching and mentoring. You know, I have a great broker who met me that first day when I, you know, and even that first day when I walked in, you know, I was, I was offered a plan, a certain split plan uh, where I would pay less every month and give a bigger split, or I could pay more and have no split. And I was so determined that I definitely chose the no split option and took a big risk because, you know, I really didn't have a lot uh, at that point in my life, but I really believed that, that I was going to make something of myself and make this business work. And, you know, when your back is against the wall, you will do anything, I think, especially as a parent or just an individual, if you, if that's not where you want to be or stay, you'll do anything. And so I really did build those first few years upon the premise of saying yes to any property at any price. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I wasn't an expert in the stats, but I did know that I had a no fear, no lose attitude, and I was going to be consistent and committed and creative like no one else. And that's how I built a foundation. But uh, there's a real thing called burnout that comes from that. And I did find myself at the end of last year, um, you know, more successful than I ever dreamed of, but I was depressed, exhausted. Uh, physically, you know, I, I, I didn't even know how to spell the word gym anymore. Um, I woke up in the morning and rolled out of bed onto my laptop and finished my day by shutting my laptop mm. 12 to 15 hours later. Mm. And it just wasn't and isn't sustainable. So I have definitely worked really hard in the last year to learn the power of no and put up those boundaries, ask for help. Uh, building a team of people that I can really rely on and learning to delegate and let go, right? It's not, not easy to let go when you've built something from scratch. You have a lot of passion and dedication and, and you really do want to build a reputation of, of being detail oriented and, and getting things done better than anyone else. And, uh, I really had to let go of a lot of those belief systems I had in place that were all based on surviving. They were not based on thriving. So I know that's kind of a cliche saying, Hmm. but the hustle is real when you uh, need to provide and build a career from scratch. I'm 52 years old. So I started this business later in life. And uh, that means I have a smaller window to succeed and build wealth. And so um, I have really taken away the shame of talking about that. And I think um, that has really positioned me for a brighter future. Uh, Just the ability to say no and time block, like Steve said, and uh, it's, it's the way to be. And I'm super, super happy to, to be on that new path as of about a year ago. It's opened up a whole lot of opportunity and you start attracting people more and more people to your business that type of calmness brings. Good for you in every possible meaning of that phrase. Absolutely. And as we reluctantly wrap up here, how about the future for each of you? Steve, what excites you now? Um, I just think, you know, the trend of, of the realtor job or position changing, I think we're becoming more advisors and less about like hoarding sales prices and, 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 and data, but, you know, sharing, I think the role is changing. I think that there's a, everything's shifting online and, you know, and obviously you got AI and stuff coming out. So I just think the whole, the role is going to change. I think there's going to be a huge opportunity and a land grab for people that are willing to sort of adapt and uh, embrace these technologies. Nene, we're talking technologies <laughs> and embracing what excites you now. Um, I'm excited about um, the future of AI in real estate. Um, I'm also scared about it because mm. I like to write. I I create a lot of my content and I kind of feel like while AI makes it more um, effective um, and makes me more efficient, it's taking away some of my creativity. So from the, in that regard, I'm a little bit... Um, worried about that and worried about what my role will be in real estate going forward. But I'm also excited about the possibility and I'm excited with meeting Steve and, um, and Ruth today and just hearing Ruth speak about certain things that usually people won't speak about. Um, 
I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really, mm. I feel privileged. I think that's the word. Well, thank you so much, Nene. If you don't mind me hopping in really quick about AI. Yes. I want you to think about it. I, w- I would like every realtor to think about it in terms of, like Steve said in the beginning, outsourcing to an automated social media platform posting company is the same thing as relying on AI for everything. There is no substitute for human creativity, human passion, uh, human education, and, and the there's so many innuendos and Real estate is very complex. There is no robot on the planet that can replace a quality, educated, passionate realtor. There is no robot out there that could replace us. So you should have no fear and, in fact, embrace it for the menial tasks that it can do, which is maybe get you started on a listing remark and then use your creative writing skills to make it your own. So it is saving you time on that on that level use it as a tool as an assistant to your already you know very talented writing skills use ai and then you jump in and make it your own and customize it use it as a tool and not as anything to be feared because nothing can replace you and who you are and how you do your business thank you thank you So sorry to see this conversation coming to an end, but let's pretend you're giving a keynote on growing your business. And oh, I would love to be in the audience for any one of you. But what would the last line of your presentation be? Steve? Give more than you take. Good one. All right. And that's where the applause would kick in. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Nene, what would you say? So over the years, I've told my children, do everything with the spirit of excellence. And when I say they roll their eyes, but I know that when I'm long gone, they will pass on that statement to their children and grandchildren as part of what I believe is generational wealth. So generational wealth is not just material wealth, but things we learn. So my statement would be, do everything with a spirit of excellence and gratitude. Amen. And Ruth? I would say two things. One, stay on your own mat. There are a lot of realtors. Yes, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of ways to do your business. Stop looking around at everyone else and just be you. Be your true authentic self and have no fear. Just go for it. I love that. I'm on my own mat. And thanks to you all, I'm in the warrior pose. Thank you Oh, so much, Ruth, (laughs) Nene, Steve. We are so grateful for your wisdom and your openness today and your authenticity. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. It was, and we thank you for listening, for sharing part of your busy life here with us at Real Time, the podcast for and about realtors. Hey, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to spread the word about what we hope is helpful to you in countless ways. Thanks for that. Real Time is a production of Alphabet Creative, Technical Magic by Rob Whitehead and Real Family Productions. I'm Erin Davis, and we'll talk to you again soon on Real Time.